0: Any information being shared here is not intended nor does it constitute financial, tax, legal, investment or other advice. Before making any decision or taking any action regarding your finances, you should consult a qualified financial advisor. Hi everybody, thanks for joining us again this week. Um, On the chair, I've got Utapsile, and Tapsile is coming to Talk to us about a very interesting con- um, topic, um, but before we get into that, if you've been if you're finding us for the first time, please follow and do all the things that people do on social media and if you are one of our subscribers, thanks for sticking with us and coming back to listen to our next conversation and please feel free to comment, share. and and let us know what you think about these conversations and any suggestions on the topics that you want us to cover. But the bottom line is that our conversations are all about changing or impacting your life in some shape or your form. And that's why um, I do what I do on this platform. So Tapsila, thank you for joining us and please introduce yourself. People introduce themselves on this platform.
1: Okay, thank you, Bumi. Uh, my name is Tapsile, a English name in the middle, um, Belu. Um, I like to think I'm a financial advisor enthusiast or financial um, educator enthusiast, if I can put it like that. I've been in the financial services industry since 2007. Um, I sort of, I always say I tumble weeded into the industry, um, and then I. Found my passion. And it's a big drive at the moment. We've seen a lot of influences with people um, speaking about financial education. And for me, that's one of the biggest things when it comes to specifically the Black community that we do lack. And so there can never be enough. And we need to make sure we're getting across the correct message to people so that they can make better decisions um, impacting Future generations, when it comes to how you grow your money, how you handle your money, and how you make your money work for you. Um, And it's always just the simplest way I like to put it is you know, we need to take you from point A to point better so that you can see whether it's with your salary or whether it's with income that you're making, but we really need to move you from point A to point better. And in the process, learn so you understand what it means to earn an income, how to make it work for you. Um, And when you hear various things happening in the market, how those things actually do have, even if it's a minuscule impact, but what impact it has on you and your earning capacity. Um, As I said, I'm passionate about it. Um, I get excited when I have to tell people (laughs) about money. So it's no secret that I absolutely love money. Um, And if I see it grow or if I see somebody grow their own money, it makes my, you know, my day better. My day has been made. Um,
0: Wow. Wow. I hope my passion has come through just a little bit. No, 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 no. Your passion has come through. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I think I think what I what I love is um, not a lot of people have got the courage to say I love money, right? Mm. We've been brought up. We've been brought up in communities where money conversations get shied upon, or they become very difficult conversations in the home, and so we all have our money stories in some shape or form. Mm. So I get excited about conversations around money because I hope. I wish, not that I hope, I wish I could have had more of those growing up. Um, and we've all have had to learn through our own dramas, um, whether it's, it's debt or not knowing that there's a difference between saving and investing, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and not even knowing just how to manage your own money and what does that mean. And so having these conversations for me um, becomes very exciting. But I have to put in a disclaimer, this conversation is not financial advice in no way, shape or form. This conversation is just um, us sharing our experiences and you sharing your um, experiences. And if anybody has to make a decision, they need to consult their financial advisor and really then take it to the next level. So the focus for today, is focusing around and um, people understanding their um, employee benefits, and 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 really then being able to make some good financial um, planning.
1: Yeah. And
0: I love that Tapsile because you know you we battle with negotiating our salaries, but let's just say now you've negotiated, or maybe you haven't negotiated. You've been told this is your, this is your salary for the month, and you've accepted this is it, and you're joining the company. And what usually happens, the first day, you've got 120,000 forms that you need to fill in. And some of those talk to your benefits. Some of those talk to how much are you prepared to put into your pension fund. There's a standard amount, but you can increase it and do all sorts of things. So please just break it down for us. When we talk employee benefits, let's start there first, the basics. When we talk employee benefits, what do we mean?
1: Okay. Um, when, as you said, okay, let's break down employee benefits. When we talk employee benefits, people get employed, um, and then they get told, Oh, you've got a pension fund, some might be like and have medical aid, um, and then you've got group life benefits. Um, you might even have a uniform benefit for it, for example. Um, it's all those little things that you get your salary, and then they minus all these things that apparently are benefits, but we look at it and we say, oh, they're taking away my money, and then everybody worries about that last bottom part, the net pay, what am I taking home? Um, And the assumption always is, if I'm decreasing what is being taken away by the company in the form of benefits, it means I'm going to be taking away home a little bit more because that's why at the end of the day we go to work. So we can take home something that can at least meet our needs. Now, the problem is, is unfortunately it's not that simple. if I'm keep these expenses as low as possible means la, I'm going to land up taking more than um than than if I make this a little bit more. Because you've got your pension fund. We'll go through that and why that is one of the most critical things that you can use as an investment tool and not savings. Note how I say investment. Um, And I'll show you as well how our own government encourages it. But because it's not explained to the layman, people will always go with the lowest figure. Because, as I said, everybody looks at what net pay is. Um, If you've got medical aid, there's also medical aid fringe benefits and people also don't really understand how that works because it did change, um, I think it was former 2011. I I'm, I'm stand to be corrected there. Um, then you've got your group life benefits and a lot of people see that money come off and they don't even know what it's for. They know there's a form. They know there's people that they've nominated um, and they, um, they leave it be. So, those I think are the main three that we will look at because they have the biggest impact on yes, your salary, and some people might say, "Well, I work, and I don't have any of these three, and we can show you how with these three things, there's actually three products on the market that do the exact same job um and sometimes, if you're sitting with your financial advisor, your financial advisor should be able to marry these to make it." financially feasible for you to be able to survive um so i hope i've made a little bit clear what employee benefits are it's literally the um how can i put it um it's the additional stuff that the the company says if you work for us this is what you get um but in some way or form you are actually paying for it within your package that you do um you do get
0: Yeah, yeah yeah And and things like um car allowances and all those, where do they fit in? They
1: because, also fit in there. Said,
0: as you said earlier, there could be uniform allowances, there yes. could be travel allowance and all these other things.
1: Those those things fit in there as well. Um <laughs> the, the 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 travel allowance and the car allowance are they they are unique beasts in the sense that you need to know which one you have because it affects when you claim from SARS, because a car allowance will tell you that this is how much you can spend towards a vehicle. And then you keep a logbook so that when you claim back from SARS, you can, you can utilize that. Most companies are shying away from that just because of um, the admin in the background. Um, and so a lot of companies will give you a travel allowance. And if you get a travel allowance, um, it's just to say, we acknowledge that you work for us. And water water. and your travel allowance usually just also encompasses the petrol that you, the the um, the company might offer you as part of your employment. But those positions, I think, are few and far between. Um, and guys that normally get those really understand those benefits. But with a travel allowance, you can't use that to claim back from sales. Um, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. It has to be a car allowance with a logbook, um, or if you are in sales and you use your own car, you need to keep a logbook so you can claim back for um, for that. But if your petrol is being provided, then it's something you can't really claim back for. Um, so there is a gray area there. But as we did say earlier, it's important to sit with your financial advisor or a tax consultant who will go into the proper detail with regards to that. So those fit in depending on your job. But because they're so unique to certain positions, it's not something that I want to delve into it's rather the three that i've mentioned because those really affect a lot of people um medical aid maybe not so much but it is there it's still one that is quite common um but definitely your pension fund um and also um your group benefits that you get that people yeah. don't really you know until something happens do they then want to know what they have but you actually when you sign you should actually be having that conversation up front so that if you've got your own stuff you can marry the two and see okay is it additional is it going to make a little bit extra towards my estate because at the end of the day um, these things deal with either if you live to retirement or if you die and a lot of people don't realize that that this is when they come into play Um, and if you're lucky to live to retirement and between retirement and death is a good 40 years you need to know that you've done enough with your pension to survive the 40 years between retiring and and death and with the way medic medicine is moving people are living longer so if you're retiring at 60 and then you die let's take for example like the queen who just died now um and she was 97 that's a good 37 years that you've lived and you're not working so your pension needs to last you at least 37, 40 years. Is it going to make it with how you're saving right now?
0: Yeah, okay. yeah. So so let's break it down then. So yeah. there is pension funds and provident funds, right? Yes. So let's, let's start there. Just school us. What is the difference? And And some people don't even know whether they've got a pension fund or a provident fund. And is it important for us to know? To be honest,
1: it is, um, but it is and it is not, but it is, um, and I say that that way, not to confuse people, because up until recently there was a clear distinction between pension funds and provident funds. Pension funds said you're at retirement, you are entitled to take one-third um as a and as a gratuity, and then with the other two-thirds, you then need to buy a retirement um package so you can either buy a living annuity or a life annuity but basically you're buying something that's going to pay you a monthly living pension until death okay, okay.
0: um
1: a pension fund um sorry a provident fund said will give you your money as a lump sum and mm-hmm. then you will then decide how you want to split it up so okay. That's why you find some people have one or, or a combination of both, um, but provident funds are becoming few and far between that you're coming across. A lot of companies are moving towards um, pension funds, and also legislation is moving people towards pension funds as well, because provident funds, what would happen is people would get their money and be like, ah, I've worked so long, I want it. They take the tax knock and they clean their money out. Three years later, they are now sitting in a SASA grant queue for pension um, grants. And it's an additional burden to the state. So they are putting more and more regulations that said, yes, now provident funds up to a certain year, you could get your lump sum. But after that, now you are being asked nicely that two thirds must buy an annuity that you live off. And you can take one third. If you're wanting to take the full amount, there's legislation as to how much the money must be under for it for you to be able to take the full lump sum. And it's it's just it's 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 highly regist- um, legislated, and people don't realize this that you know it's, it's not because either your company or your pension house is trying to be difficult. Everything is governed by the Pension Funds Act, so it's not just something that we're trying to take your money or something. It's it's literally law that this is how it needs to be. Um, and every year there's now, there's all this hula baloo that people are following and they're just hearing the part where, how can I get money, but not understanding the thinking behind it um, in that government is now saying, yes, we are trying to see if at some stage, if you are in financial dire straits, whether you can access those funds. Because if it's a pension fund or a provident fund, you're only actually supposed to access it at retirement but when people change jobs they do have access to it even though it's not supposed to so they're also trying to close those loopholes as well to say you know people are then changing jobs or quitting their employment so they can access those funds and then re-employing again to start afresh which is you know it's it's you're biting the hand that feeds you basically by doing that. Um, so, yes, there's plenty, plenty, plenty legislation around that. But I hope it makes sense that it's similar things. They are both aimed at helping you at retirement. It's just one comes as a lump sum and the other you get told that you can only take a maximum of a one of one third and the other two thirds you use to buy an annuity. If you want, you can actually take the full um, amount and buy an annuity with
0: it. You're not.
1: You don't have to take one third of it. Um,
0: so the so the one third that you're allowed to take. So it yes. gets taxed, or is there is there a threshold? How does it work?
1: The threshold is the one third. Um, so if your sum, for example, is nine million rand, um, a third of that is three million. So it's a maximum of three million that you can take. You you can take. And yes, it does yeah. um get taxed, but there is a sliding scale. The first five hundred thousand is tax free then from five hundred to I'm not too sure what the amount is it's about seven hundred and twenty thousand odd. I could be wrong um then that's taxed at eighteen percent. then the next level is at twenty six then the next level um is at um i think it's at thirty odd percent, but it's a sliding scale, so even the three million, for example, the first five hundred is tax free then, at two now you're left with two and a half million, so up to a million odd, they will tax at eighteen percent then after that, they tax at a certain rate, then after that they will tax at a certain rate. so by the time you get it, it won't be three million rands exactly. you might find that you land up getting um say two point two um million rands as a, as a payout. The other 800,000 might have gone towards tax. But if, for example, you sit with your financial advisor, you can work it around um, to see what works best for your situation. Because if you don't need to take that 2.2 million rands, then don't take it, because literally, you're gifting SARS money. Um, but also, remember now, if at any stage you've Resigned and you've withdrawn before, they carry that calculation forward. So as much as you might see, oh, I've got nine million rand at retirement, but during your career, if there's money that you've withdrawn, they start calculating. They add that money to the one third to say, oh, okay, well, you did take five hundred thousand out, so that tax free portion is gone, and they tax from there. So it's as I said, it's important when you doing your retirement planning. To sit with your advisor so that they can look at where you are, where what your journey's been, so that they can advise you best according to where you are. But I think we've sort of jumped right to the end instead of starting at the beginning. Okay, um, you start
0: at the <laughs> beginning then. You know these things
1: <laughs> <laughs> where I want to start. So you are now excited. You have a job. Day one, you're sitting with these forms and it looks like Greek. We'll start with the pension fund because that's the one that takes the most time. Um, and they'll give you options. And they'll say to you, you can take um, 5% of your salary, seven and a half, um, 10, 12 and a half. And you're, as I said earlier, you're going to say, hey, a lot of people will go, I, I'll go with the lowest because I'm watching what is at the end. Um, that's coming to me. And I always say to people, we now live in a very great age because a lot of the HR departments are able to provide you with a dummy payslip. And I always say, please use that to your advantage, especially when you're doing your pension fund calculations, because you might think that because it's saying 5% of your income, okay, so I'm going to use 10,000 Rand as our basic income. And that's just because it's an easy number to work with. Yeah. So 5% says 500 rands is what's going to be taken of my money and put towards the pension, okay? Yeah. So now my basic salary is sitting at nine and a half. And that's what in my head is um, I'm thinking is going to come into my um, bank account. Now, we must also remember there's pay un. And then there's UIF that still comes off there. And so I'm assuming, okay, after that, maybe I might be lucky and I'm taking home, um, say, 8,000 rands. Okay. So you're like, hi, hey, 5%. But then I'm like, no, why not increase it to 10%? Because now remember, you're not saving just 500, you're saving now 1,000 rand. So now you're nine instead of nine and a half. It seems like you're taking nine thousand rands home, but remember, the more that you can put away towards your pension, means that you're dropping your tax bracket.
0: Okay. So break that down for us, because where I'm sitting, I'm like, hey, yes. I want my net pay. Yes. So I that's, want my net pay to be higher. That's that's the logic that I'm applying. Yes. So. I might not understand that the more I put towards my pension, it will impact my net pay to be higher. Is that what you're saying?
1: It's not going to impact it to be higher, but you might yeah. find that they, after they've taken out your group benefits and they've taken out your pay as you earn and your UIF, you might find that you're only sitting at 100 rands difference to what okay. you're taking home. But okay. remember, it's a hundred. But, you, but
0: you're, 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 you're saving or you're investing a little bit more. You're
1: not even invest, investing a little bit more. You're investing double. So instead okay. of investing 500 rands a month, yeah. you are now at 1,000 rand. So let's yeah. do it this way. Okay. Let's just say Mpumi is the one who knows her things, and we both are starting on the same day. And Boomi's like, I, I can afford to push it to 10% of my 10 grand. I'm going to put away 1,000 rand. Me, I'm worried about my net pay. And I'm going to say 500 rands monthly. Okay? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And if we look at it, the problem is, unfortunately, we don't sit and compare payslips. This is why I say if you've got access for them to do a dummy payslip, please rather request it. Because then you will see for yourself that there is some logic in this. So then you look at it. Now remember, the end goal is pay... um retirement. So let's take for example, both you and I are 35, aren't we happy? And yeah. retirement is at age 60. So we both have 25 years to get there. Okay. Yeah. And we are both now putting, we are starting now at 35. You are starting at a thousand rand. I'm starting at 500 Remember now, after the first month, this is the gap between you and me. You're at a thousand rand. I'm at five hundred. By yeah. the end of the year, you are at twelve thousand rands savings, and I'm at six thousand.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Are we together? Remember yeah. now, when they put your money in to the pension fund, it starts earning interest because it's being investment. Uh, sorry, yeah. it's being yeah. invested. So even if it's earning one percent interest, one percent of six thousand versus one percent of twelve thousand. Yeah. At the end of year two, you are at twelve thousand. Sorry, you at twenty four thousand. I'm at twelve. Unless I increase what I'm putting away, which is highly unlikely, because every year your company then says, "Would you like to increase your pension fund?" and everybody goes control alt, delete for that email and put it in
0: in the trash.
1: And they forget <laughs> about it. Yeah. Right. Because you're worried now about your Is your increase going to um, do what it needs to do. But remember now, the gap has already started. So by the time ten years comes, even if we write it down, if they if our investments make absolutely zero money after ten years, you're sitting at one hundred and twenty thousand. I'm at sixty thousand. That's with no increases to our salary. Um, that's with no interest on the money that we're making, can you see the difference now? How do you yeah. catch up at that point? Yeah. At Twenty yeah. years, you are sitting at double that. So let's just say two hundred and forty thousand. I'm at one hundred and twenty. By the time we hit retirement, we've both enjoyed the same increases. We've both enjoyed the same pay. Literally, if nothing else changes, but you're walking out way better off than me. Yeah. Because I was worried about earning a hundred rands more mm-hmm. monthly.
0: Yeah. But I think I think the I think that the biggest takeout for me from what you're saying is that element of when you're starting, try ask for the dummy pay sleep. I think most companies do, do yes. dummy pay sleep. So ask for the dummy pay sleep, do a bit of comparison between the minimum and whatever the next best could be for you to see if how much of a difference it makes on your net pay. Because we all worry about the net pay. Mm. We always think in our heads, oh, we'll deal with we'll deal with retirement when retirement comes. Like I'm still young guys, why do I have to be worrying about this thing? You know? So that yeah. becomes the mentality. And and that for me are the biggest takeouts out of there of saying, do the dummy pay sleep, um, and that element of saying I would have put away more if I had increased my, my, um, my percentage, just like, but I don't think we think about it. Because we always get told about the 7.5%, and that just yes. remember the, like, the standard.
1: It's not even the standard. Uh, they are no longer called HR. They're now called human capital. Theirs is to find the people who are going to work. They don't deal with employee benefits. Um, And a lot of my schooling I got because in an earlier career as team leaders, we had to do that first day onboarding for our guys. Mm. And you sort of see it and you don't understand. So I sat down with one of the guys and said, you know, please just break it down to me help me understand what it means and he's like this is how I understand it um but you can speak to somebody a little bit more seasoned than me who will be able to explain it and then I started following it up and you know as I grew in the in the space I realized oh my gosh people are just everybody chooses this one so you might as well choose this one so I always say to the people work backwards. Always find out what the highest amount is, and that's your first choice. if it's 20 percent, select 20 percent Now you're looking at me and you're thinking, I look geelujah cool
0: uh, uh, why because now it's really going to eat up with my net pay Yes it's going to eat up remember now we're starting at
1: 10,000, right your 20 yeah. percent is now two thousand rands.
0: I get that, but yo I'm still I'm still 30 I'm still 28. And you're telling me about worries when I get to 60. Ah, ah, I need okay. to live in the midst of this. All right, yes, this, I understand you need to live. But remember, if
1: you get used to not living with that 20% from day one, what's going to cause you to change it 15 years later? You're already used to it. So from the get-go, just get used to say, Okay, I take home, Yami, I know it's 7,000. You know from the start it's 7000 you adjust your life to 7000 rents and you move on
0: and your so I, you So I build. I so I get that I get that for somebody who's starting. Yeah. How do we encourage people that have already um so people that have worked that have always did a standard so they've okay. done maybe the 7.5 But now they are moving into a new environment and this conversation is coming up. And in their own head, they're already saying, Mina, I want my 20000 pay because that's what's going to make me to be comfortable. Now when I'm telling them they must push their their pension investment, like no, uh uh-uh.
1: Then it's fine. We go back to that email that you get once a year. Okay. That's it. Would you like to increase it? Then you mm-hmm. go to your company and say, yes, can I increase it? What can I increase it to? Sometimes they might say, do you want to put in an additional 1%? I know it sounds odd, but 1% mm. over 10 years effectively is
0: 10%. Okay.
1: Okay. So find out what you can push it to. Um, yes, times are hard, but you need to choose your heart. Do you enjoy your, your heart now when you're still young? And you still can afford to say, hey, you know, if I can hustle and have a second uh, income stream, I can make money. Or do you want to enjoy your hard when you're 70 and your knees are giving out and now you need to wake up and be in the um, job market? So you need to really choose your hard when you want to enjoy it. So for somebody who's in, it's always, as we said, sit with your financial advisor, see what you can do. Because you can either increase it internally. If your company doesn't offer that, there are retirement annuities out there, and that's where it then comes in. Because remember now, also this is kept at twenty-seven and a half percent, which means if you take out a retirement annuity, it must really speak to what your pension fund fund is doing. So it doesn't help to say I'm putting away twenty percent on my pension fund, and then. I take out willy-nilly a retirement annuity because I had somebody say you can take out and boost your retirement savings. Rather see, Guti, okay, if I'm at 20, how close can I get to 27.5 or not? Or can I exceed it? Okay, so you've got options available to you. Either firstly see, does your company allow you to increase it during your working career? If they can, then rather do that incremental increase every year to say, Okay, let me put in that extra 2% until I get used to it. Um, it. It's a form of discipline that you need to take. That's why I always try to say if we can catch them when they come in, that's the best time. But if we don't, let's then see, Gucci, can I do the in when you do, when you get your annual increase, increase your pension um, portion as well? Yes, it means, Gucci, that 200 grand that was gonna come into, um, into your salary month end is now going is just being sidetracked to, to you know your pension fund. Um, yeah.
0: So whilst no, you're saying that, what I'm thinking is, so what if I decide that, I, I do the bare minimum with the pension fund, or maybe a ten percent. Let's just say because a bare minimum for me it's usually like seven point five. Let's say I do the 10%. But then I decide I don't want to to be, what's the word, to be um, blocked into this pension fund because there's regulation, I can't access the money or whatever, because life does happen. And then I decide, rather I do other investment portfolios where I'm going to be astringent, Right. And I'm still growing. And and if I'm if I'm strict with myself, then I can still access my money when I I I, I retire. So wouldn't that also be be an option?
1: It is an option. Okay. Um but but <laughs> the, the the key word there is access. Okay. So if you're disciplined to have investments that you want to access in your retirement, why don't you pump it into your pension fund?
0: How do I how do I guarantee? So what if what, what if I want to take the risk? If I'm I, I'm risky um and I just want to explore, I want to do cryptocurrency, I want to do all these other things where the risk might be high, but the returns might might be as high as well. Okay. You know? Um so this- yeah. <laughs>
1: I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the first the first piece of stuff that's gonna come out of my mouth is then sit with your financial advisor because they can look at your specific requirements and needs as an individual. All right. Okay. Um yeah. because remember, yes, the the risks are you may make it good, but then the other risk is that you may then lose all that money. Yeah. Um and then you're sitting there licking your wounds. so it's it's like building. If your foundation is set, you can then start building because now, if you have maxed out your pension and provident fund, then you you look at the next step, which, okay, so how can I save and invest to keep boosting this? But I'm happy with the level where my pension fund is. so if anything happens to the savings and investments that you do have it's not making you into it's not leading to a dire situation with regards to your retirement so yeah. you need to sort of say okay if you're comfortable with 10% because there's always calculations that show you will the 10% be sufficient for you to retire on the very simple answer is no because as it stands, only 6% of people who retire in South Africa can afford to retire comfortably. Mm-hmm. So if you're sitting in a room of 10 people, not even 10 people, of 100 people, only 6 of those people will be able to retire comfortably. The rest won't. Yeah. So I'm not trying to put fear into it. I'm just saying, get your foundation right. Get the retirement um stuff sorted if you feel you're comfortable with 10% and you want to take the risk then feel free to take the risk but remember yes you can make it big but then you might also then not make it big and those are the risks yes you mentioned cryptocurrency and that's new up and coming for people who bought a bitcoin in 2001 for 1 cent they're smiling now because it's sitting almost at 400,000 per bitcoin if not slightly more, right? But can you see something about that? 2001 versus 2021, that's 21 years of them having to hold on either to the Bitcoin to get to that point. Um, Others might have sold off during the the way when in, I think it was, um, 2018, when it was still 14,000 rand per Bitcoin, and they would have said, hey, from a cent to 14, I've made a killing. Um, but those who've managed to hold till this point are now smiling even more. Um, yeah. And so it, it it also speaks to longevity in, in, in the market where, remember, your retirement is doing just that. It's sitting there, you're you pumping slowly into it. It's sitting there for long. It's going to grow. Um, it's not a sure bet, but it's definitely almost surer than you saying, All right, let me play around and see what can happen
0: here. Um, I, I like the fact that you're saying it's not a sure bit because that, that was the point I wanted to make. Yes. To say um, all these investments are happening in the equity markets, right? Or yes. it could be bonds, it could be all, all sorts of other markets. And there's never a guarantee, right? Um, you might find that your retirement um, trustees made a call and they invested half of the fund into Staino. And now everything has been right, mm. and the company went pear-shaped, and and that went down the drain. So so so, but I think the 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 message is it's never guaranteed fully, you know. Yes, and um, you might lose, but how much are you prepared to bet on it? That's that's the risk that anybody takes. Yes, I think the other thing is remember with
1: pension funds, it, it's so regulated. That yeah. Steinhoff was huge, and a lot of people walked past it, but they shouldn't have, because for government employees, for some of those guys who came out during that Steinhoff saga, they lost a certain portion. They lost easily, maybe a hundred to two hundred thousand of their savings that they could have got. Um, but because GPF is such a huge fund, they could almost take the knock because. It's regulated, they could only invest so much into Steinhoff to avert yeah. those types of situations. And I think that's why pension funds just are treated as a different class on their own, because we, you know the market understands that this is that, this is money that people need to live off. So yes, if Steinhoff doesn't um, work out, yes, it might drop a little, but if you're still early in, by the time you retire, it would have recovered. Um, and that's the other thing that people need to understand that with any type of investment, it's the length of the investment that makes a difference. Um, yeah you know, I, I could go technical as to why um, when you the, com-
0: the compounding interest conversation yes, the
1: eighth, it's the eighth wonder of the world. Um, you know, you heard how earlier I said we both have twenty five years, and if everything stays the same, i've literally beat you hands down. But remember now there's compounding interest, which then makes the gap wider. So by the yeah. time we hit retirement, you're sitting maybe at a million rands and I'm walking out with four hundred thousand, and I'm thinking how how? Because we both were doing the same job for so many years. But it started there in the beginning. Yeah. And then we said, yeah. if during the time I get the education and say, hey, wake up girl, and then I start increasing my um contributions. I could then come closer to you because now I'm increasing what I'm putting away, you know towards my retirement. And that's the important part. Um yes, you can plan how best you want to plan. um if you want to put investments as part of your portfolio, cryptocurrencies and so forth, then it's important to, as I said, to sit down with your financial advisor to say, yes. I understand pension, I understand where it fits in, but my risk appetite here asks me to do this. Can we work out something in this arena? Now, remember, when you do investments and everything, it's after-tax money.
0: Yeah.
1: Whereas with pension, it's before-tax before. money.
0: Yeah. Now,
1: the only one that is after-tax money that you can get a rebate on is your retirement annuity. So. If that's why I said your retirement annuity needs to speak to your pension fund. So whatever you put into your retirement annuity, um, come 1st of July, when Edward Key Sweater says everybody can submit their tax returns, those are the guys that are usually front of the queue. If you put away more than enough, the benefits now come here in that if, say, you are at 20% on your um, pension fund at work, you're already enjoying that monthly with your tax break. But say your RA now, if they compute it and say, oh, she's putting an additional 10% of her income. So now you're sitting at 30%. But the threshold is at 27 and a half. Are we together? So now yeah. you have this two and a half percent that's sort of floating in the middle of nowhere. What government then says, okay, we'll push that forward to the next year. And they keep pushing it. Until you hit retirement. And what happens is. If you've got that additional amount. That has always been extra money. You've put away towards your your retirement. You get that amount back. Tax free.
0: Okay. Because remember
1: now. You are going to be one less person. The state needs to worry about. Mm -hmm. And if we're honest. uh, I think it's. Is it one thousand nine hundred and eighty, but whatever the the current amount is that pensioners get, how far does it go?
0: yeah, if
1: you think of your petrol tank right now, how far does it go i yeah. me it's not even it's just one petrol tank and that's it it's gone um so those are the things that you look into you know you go onto the Shah's website, it's there. It's just the calculations that confuse people and people look at it and go, "Eh, it's outside of my scope. But if your advisor knows their game, they'll be able to tell you, okay, let's do this. Let's save extra because at the end of the day, we're working towards the end goal. If that money doesn't really come back, it will come then to whoever your beneficiaries are.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So there's ways of growing it. So, as I said, let your pension fund be your, ba- your 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 um foundation, and then you can add your investments. But remember, now your investments are after tax money. And so now you are saying you want to add. Remember, you're saying okay, I the further five percent it's five hundred. Now you want to invest. Remember, the five hundred it's been taxed. You worried about your take home, and then you're going to say, hey, I am going to invest another five hundred
0: after tax. Yeah, I don't know. No, you (laughs) need to think about it a bit carefully. No, I get you. I get you. So we're going to be running out of time. So talk to us as well about the group life scheme. So you mentioned group life. How does Mm -hmm. these things work? Group life. It's also forms Mm -hmm. and we are nominating people. And yeah, and you're being told it's five times the annual. Yeah. Anyway, you speak to us about that.
1: Group life, in its simplest way, is exactly that. It's a live cover, but you get it at group rates because the company gets assessed as a whole by, say, for example, if Tapsile Investments is the provider of the group life, I'll assess the company. I'll say, okay, for your employees, I'll give them cover per million rands, only 100 rands. All right. So when they say that five times your annual salary, so let's take the 10,000 Rand. Your annual salary is 120,000. So if you happen to die whilst you are in the employ of the company, your group life might say we pay out five times. So they'll take the 120,000 multiplied by five. So you're going to get 600,000 rands um, that your family is going to get as a lump sum payout in addition to your pension fund. So it's um, free life cover in the sense because you don't have to do any blood work. You don't have to do anything. It only is operational if you are still in the employee of that company that you are with. Okay. Yeah. So it, it it will pay out in the event of your death. And sometimes they might add funeral cover to it. Um and if depending on the company, if you have children under I think is it under 21, they then increase that cover. I worked for a company where it was five times, but if your children are under the age of, is it 18? then they increase it to eight um, so that you can factor in your kids needing to get to education. Very few companies still do that, but it's it's just a lump sum that literally pays out upon your debt. So it's it's life cover that you get. Some companies might even say, if you've got a spouse and you want to cover them, we'll give you the group rates there. Um, mm. So it's always important to understand that nitty-gritty so that you can look at it to say, if I've got life cover, I'm not saying go now and rush off and cancel your life cover. See how it ma- it can marry your current life cover, so that when your estate planning is being done, then you are comfortable to say, oh, okay, if I if anything happens whilst I'm in the employee of company ABC, then this six hundred thousand will pay off all the other little debts that is happening in my estate, or It can be taken and put into a trust fund for the kids or whatever. Um, I remember now, sorry, we're in National Wills Week, so people can find law offices in their town that will do their wills for free. So they must remember to do that. Um, So it will marry into your life cover. So it's very important to look at what it offers you. So if you happen to die in the employ, either your spouse knows, to go to the company, say, my wife has died, and the company will tell them, "I, this is what we can provide, or no, we've got funeral cover. Um, so a lot of people automatically assume that companies provide it. They used to, um, not anymore. Sometimes the amounts have changed. The funeral cover that they provide is a 15,000 rand lump sum. Um, so you then look at what the company says, you know, you're paying this amount monthly, what are you getting? And it's important that people know that those are the benefits. Those are those actually now are the group benefits that they actually have. To say, if I happen to die, this is what my family can come to to come and get. And it's important to fill out those beneficiary nomination forms so that um, the company knows what your wishes are. Mm-hmm. Please mm-hmm. note how I use. When I say what your wishes are, okay. because the, because the trustees of that group life benefit will make the final decision as to who will get that money and at what percentage.
0: And why does that happen?
1: Yeah, you know, we live in a we live on earth, as I like to put it. Things happen. Um, yeah. And people also are not open and honest about the lives they lead. Mm-hmm. So you might know you are the only Mrs. Daka in, in in your husband's life, but you aren't aware that there is a second Nganagazana uh, who has a two-year-old that's recently been born. And then Mr. Daka passes on. Yeah. And then he's put in... These people, he's put everybody in on that beneficiary nomination. So now the trustees need to see that of this money, who actually needs it the most? You might find that the two-year-old will get a bulk of the income because they've still got longer to live and they don't have now the father available to um, cover their expenses. So they might land up getting um, 60% share. And the other 40 then gets divided amongst everybody else. So this is why the trustees are the ones that decide how this will be paid out. Yes, the nomina- the beneficiary nomination form is there to put it in to um, what wishes you may have. Um, and if there's nothing outside of what you have put in on the beneficiary form, then it's easy. They will pay as per the beneficiary form but they always have to take time out to see that is everything as it is on paper
0: yeah because
1: yeah. the other thing is if there's other people that say for example um Mr. Daga is looking after they can also then come in and say hi here's the proof he was paying my living expenses and he was paying me 3000 rand that person actually does also have a share so the trustees need to take that into consideration as well um that money, as we like to say, it is a little bit more complex than your pension fund. It's a little bit more complex than an investment because people who can show that they've had access They're to dependent you.
0: dependent or they have yes. a claim on that money yes. are entitled to put in their claim. That's, That's correct.
1: And every claim yeah. needs to be investigated to make sure that it's correct so that we yeah. then pay it correctly. Because that, yeah. remember, once it's paid, it's paid. And you don't want to wake up in a situation where um, you might then say, Oh, oh my goodness, I've discovered I'm actually pregnant. They will have to wait for the pregnancy to come to fruition and then do the blood test to see what's ah, okay. This is the youngest dependent now. Let's recalculate. So it does make it a little bit complex, but it is important for people. I always say, Put down um, the correct beneficiaries. You know what is important to you, put it down. Put the splits mm-hmm. as best as you want it, and then take it from there. Um, but it's important that you do do that because then so that the money gets paid out correctly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. I think I think that's very important. I did. I, I was once a trustee of a retirement fund, mm-hmm. and um, and those um, life. Um, at disbursements can be very, yeah, no, it can be dramatic because mm. a lot comes up, a lot comes up, uh, and a lot of people feel they might have a claim, but and and the, those investigations can take long mm. because they need to be done. They need to be yeah. done so that it's fair for the people that believe they've got a claim towards it. So yeah, it just. What is the one thing that you'd like somebody to take out of our conversation in terms of them thinking about their finances and and really applying their minds to it?
1: Um, okay, The one thing that I do want to take then to take out is, um, the minute you start working, you're planning for retirement. So if you know that you're planning for retirement, Do the best that you can Um, in the sense that we've given you some food for thought. Make sure that you at least do a comparison of the dummy pay slips so you can have an idea of what your take home is. Um, But if you can put away more, please do it. And as I said, put away work backwards from highest to lowest. Um, Because if you start off, on a high bag and on a high band, you get used to it coming off. Yes, you might see it and think, oh, the things I could do with that money. But your future self is going to thank you for doing it then. So oh, okay. it's literally we've given you some food for thought. Utilize it. See how best it can lit. It can work for you. you. You you know there isn't one piece of this is my golden nugget from today. Um, I always say, look at it you've got information, you've got a chance to do better, do it.
0: Wow. Thank you. So where do people find you um, <laughs> on social media? Where can they get in touch? Um,
1: I am on Instagram. I'm not heavily um busy on there, but that's the one that I'm comfortable people um getting me on. I'm there as Hot Mems. It's at H-O-T-M-E-M-Z. Um, there's a story behind that, but I'm happy with that. <laughs>
0: with that. A, name. I'm not going to ask what the story is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not gonna change. I'm available there um, to take the conversation further if um, you know, if people want to, to be able to, to contact me. Um I'm not active on Facebook, and the reasons it's just because of the industry I'm in. Um, I learned very early that you put something on. Firstly, people assume that it's um, financial advice, even if it's not. Um, and then, secondly, also um, because of the industry we're in, you need to just monitor how, the things you put out there. Um, Instagram is a little bit easier because you can follow who you follow, um, and it's you know it's, it's content that you can manage a little bit better. Um, yeah. For me. Um, and if you're quiet, people can easily send you a DM and you can respond to that. So that's the one, as I said, I'm comfortable on. Um, and then, yeah, in as you know, we've had our conversations. You know how excited I get when I start talking about money. Um, and I'm talking employee benefits and, and it's not even the passion in me. My passion literally is always retirement um, because I believe I always say to people, you've worked and then they're easy to sell you funeral cover. So what happens if you live between the date of retirement and death? What happens in between those 40 years? Let's make that journey memorable. Um, I think
0: maybe another conversation we should have is, is people that are not wanting to, to, to retire at 60, people that want to retire early, what can they do? And what, What could that look like?
1: It's possible. It's, you know, that one is a nice one. And it depends where you work as well, because there's pitfalls that people don't realize that they can fall into. Um, And yeah, I don't even want to start down that road. (laughs) um, We can have that conversation. You know, um, there's people who are semi-retired at 40. But it doesn't mean that you can't work. There's people who work till the day they die, but it's just because of the work that they do. Um, So retirement means a lot of things to each of us. So you need to understand what your retirement picture is. And my duty as a financial um, advisor, as a financial planner, is to get you to that picture.
0: Yeah, yeah and i think that should have been our start to to say to people what does retirement look like for you
1: that's a different conversation once,
0: yes and once you define that then you put in plans that really talk to that talk to the picture mm. and it means a whole lot of things to different people and you can use all sorts of other vehicles to get you to the picture that you're looking for that's it but anyway different conversation Thank you, thank you, Tapsile, for for joining us. So for you guys, please continue to follow us. Please share, please comment. Um, it's always great to to get your feedback on these conversations. And as I said earlier, please suggest more conversations that you'd like to have with us. And if you love money like Tapsile does, please get in touch with her. Um, she will give you some. Um, yeah, she could be your financial planner. I don't know um but there's always a conversation to be held around money at any point in time thank yeah. you for that and um we'll see you next time on our next episode
1: not a problem thank you so much for the opportunity um and i do appreciate it and if we can make a change in one person's life remember it's seven generations of that person's family we've changed
0: thank wow. you i always say that and i love that line Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Change Conversations. If you enjoyed our show and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and kindly post about it on your social media platforms. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram, and youtube at change conversations with mbume i am booming with daga signing out and i will see you again next week